following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. Well, we want to, uh, this morning, get right into it. There's a prayer that arose in my heart uh, we meet here every Thursday morning for prayer, and uh, during that time, the Lord put a prayer in my heart that I've been carrying, and I think will probably, I will carry the rest of my life, and that is this, that as I preach this morning, the Holy Spirit would interpret for me. I believe, and I've found over the years, uh, that the preaching of the Word needs the interpretation of the Holy Spirit to help people uh, fully understand what the Lord is saying through a cracked pot. The Bible says we have this treasure in earthen vessels, and the reality is that through the uniqueness of who we are, we get the privilege to preach, but I want you to hear what the Lord is saying to you individually, and that it would mean something to you, and that it would resonate in your spirit. The Bible tells us to uh, compare spiritual things with spiritual things. So as we get into the Word this morning, Holy Spirit, I just invite you to be an interpreter for every person in this room. Give me the grace to say the words that you would have me to say, but Lord, as I carry water, I ask you to turn it into wine in each individual vessel in this room, and I thank you for it, in Jesus' name, amen. We want to uh, celebrate this morning around the theme of the hope of the nations. We're in starting the Advent season, and that is our theme for this morning. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that the nations of this world right now need hope. And that even you and I, as we look at what's going on around us, there can be an unsettledness because, because we have a tendency to say, God, when are you going to do something and step in? And what I hope to establish here this morning is that he already did. And that doesn't mean he isn't going to continue to do some stuff. But the reality is that there is a hope for the nations already established. And I want us to take a, script, a scriptural look. And I want us to just walk through history a little bit to see the awesome, amazing plan of God. The plan of God that Paul wrote and said, if the devil would have realized what it was, he would have never crucified the Lord of glory. It's an amazing thing to think that we have a God who's been around a while. No, you're not listening. I mean, he's been around a long time. And over the years, he said stuff. And he caused stuff to be written that was like thousands of years in advance, knowing that when the time came, it would come to pass. That's the kind of God we have. So I want you to turn with me to Psalms chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. It is a portion of scripture I have been fascinated with for a number of years. 
And I suspect I have preached on it. I guess I don't know. But I've never preached on it like I'm going to preach on it today. Psalm chapter 2. In this uh, chapter, there are 12 verses. And in the 12 verses, there are four different voices that speak. And they each are given, if I could say it this way, three verses. So I want you to look at me in this portion of Scripture, and we're going to look at the voices that speak. Remember, we're ministering this morning under the hope of the nations. The first voice that speaks is the voice of man, unredeemed man. The voices that speak, by the way, are in quotes. Verse 1, Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings, uh, the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed Saying, here's what this voice says. Before I read it, I want you to know that this is what we're seeing happen all over the globe. As you look at the turmoil that's going on in our nation, as you look at the turmoil that's going on in nations around the world, I want you to understand it is rooted in what I'm about to read right now. It does not matter what nation you talk about. It does not matter who the t teams are, even our nation. It does not matter what political party you're talking about. It doesn't matter about politics or socialism or capitalism. It, it doesn't matter. It comes down to this. And this voice says, let us break their bonds. Whose bonds? The Lord and His anointed. Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. We need to understand that the turmoil that's going on in the nations of the world in this day is far more spiritual than it is political. And it is against the Lord and His anointed. It is against a common and real truth. It is against a common and real love. It is against a common and real peace. All of which flows from the person of God. But there is within mankind, there has arisen such a warfare against any restrictions that God might put on man. And so there is a warfare against truth. We see even in our own nation the whole thing of sexual identity. It's just, a, it's just an assault on the creator. Jesus said, they hated me, they'll hate you. And I want to encourage you to, we ought to be concerned about what we see. But can I just say to you, don't take it personal. It's way bigger than that. It's not about you. It's about God. 
the attacks we see going on in various places. And it, it doesn't matter the nation. We, we, we get all wrapped up in, in Israel, and, and indeed we should. But you've got to understand that it's just an assault against God. And so that's the voice of man. And there is, there, there is, and remember, this is written thousands of years before today, but I believe it is so relevant today. The nations of the world are shaking their fist at God in one way or another and saying, we don't need your truth, we don't need your Christ, we don't need your anointed one. And by the way, you can take this personal, they don't need you either. I mean, they don't need you and I as believers. Now, they do, but their, their chant would be they don't. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. That's the truth. But the truth is being rejected. So man has spoken, and he's basically said, let us get free of God. That's Let's just, I'll translate that. Let us get free of the restraints of God. Let us get free of, of a source of truth that, truth that could possibly pass true judgment on situations. Let's get rid of a truth that could go beyond what I feel. Verse 4 through 6, God speaks. But before he speaks, he laughs. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh, and he shall hold them in derision. That word derision means he shall mock them. And we can say, what? God is mocking people? And you can say, well, that doesn't feel very Christ-like. Just understand this, it's God-like. God has this amazing opinion that he is God. Just, you read the scripture and over and over and over and over again and you just get this impression he really believes he's God. And so you can imagine that anything that shakes its fist at that or comes as an assault against that is a bit humorous because he is God. He who sits in the heaven shall laugh and the Lord shall hold them in derision. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and in his distress and distress them in his deep displeasure. Then verse 6, in quotes, God speaks. Have you ever noticed God isn't real wordy necessarily? Have you ever noticed that he can just kind of make a statement and let it speak for itself? Verse 6. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill 
of Zion. What's he saying? Basically this, the kings of the earth are plotting against God, and God says, that's okay, I've already got a king. Thank you. And I've set him in place. The thought there is in the original language, there has been a coronation. By the way, I want you to notice this is past tense. It's already happened. And even as we celebrate Advent and we talk about looking forward to the hope of the nations, we are celebrating something that has already happened, if you know what I mean. But we're also looking with anticipation for that which is going to happen. So, Father God speaks. The next voice that speaks is not the Father, it's the voice of the Son. The King, who the Father just mentioned. He set into place. And that Son is going to speak some of His own words, but then He's going to tell you what the Father told Him. In secret. So it'll be, quote, within a quote. Verse 7. I will declare the decree that the Lord said to me. Did you notice that rhymed? This is Jesus speaking now. He says, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to declare to you the decree that the Lord, my Father, said to me. You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and you shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. So man has spoken, God has spoken. And declares there is a coming of a son. And then the son speaks and says, this is what my father said to me. I'm setting you up as a king. And if you ask me, I will give you the nations. I happen to have inside information that Jesus asked for the nations. Do you remember in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus has been crucified and been back to the Father, and he comes and he gathers with his disciples. He says, all right. All authority has been given to me in heaven That wasn't new. He left the authority he had in heaven. I'm not done. Wait. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. That was new. Go ye therefore and make disciples of all, what? Nations. And that's the thing. 
that you and I are all about in one way or another. The discipling of nations, the making of disciples of all. How do you disciple a nation? You disciple people in the nation. We only need to go to the end of the book and we see that from every tongue and tribe and nation, there will be the saints that will be gathering around the floor, uh, throne declaring who God is. I want us to see the, the progression in the scripture of this becoming a reality. We have the privilege of living on this side of history of all this. But we need to see the strategic way in which God, the Father, put the hope for the nations in place. Let's turn together to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. Can we put that up on the board? Let's read it together. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Elasting Father, Prince of Peace. I think there's one more. I'll read verse 7. And of the increase of his government and peace... There will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. We need to understand that the hope of the nations that we presently can put our confidence in was declared thousands of years earlier. Let's fast forward to Luke chapter 2. Verses 8 through 14. And together... I would like us to read this. I want us to get this in our spirit. The declaration of the word of God that proclaimed, first of all, in Isaiah, the coming of the hope of the nations. And then here in Luke, when it actually happened. Luke chapter 2 beginning at verse 8 through 14. And there were, read with me, and there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, 
an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them. Glory to God in the highest, on earth peace, goodwill toward men. As you and I watch things unfold, may we not lose sight of the hope of the nation. May we not lose sight of the fact of this that we all celebrate with decorations and all of that, which I, Advent candles, all of that, which I think is wonderful. We celebrate the birth of the hope that God prescribed thousands of years earlier. As we watch the news, don't let it unsettle you. Don't assume, as some would say, that he has delayed his coming. You need to know, as the Apostle Paul wrote, and as Peter wrote, and as James wrote, and as John wrote, and as Jesus preached, we are living in the last days. They lived in them with an anticipation of the coming of Christ and of the crescendo of wrapping all things up, so to speak, on planet Earth, we must too. These are the last days. You need to know that. You need to live like it's the last days with a confidence in the hope of the nations. Paul wrote, and he said, but in these, that in the last days... Perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers. They'll be without self-control, brutal, despisers of that which is good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. That's what Paul wrote in the last days. Peter wrote in the last days, and he said there will be scoffers and those who will be led by their own lusts. And we could say things about our day. In fact, that list pretty well sums it up. But there's another voice. Aren't you glad for the other voice? There's another voice that echoes out of the old covenant and into the new. 
There's another voice that was written in the Old Covenant, but it got written in the New Testament because Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and he represented that voice. And he said, in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and you old men shall dream dreams. And even on the maidservants and the manservants, they'll prophesy. Because I'm going to pour out my spirit. You want to know what God is going to do in this time and in this season? He's going to pour out his spirit. He already is, and he will continue to. They who shake their fist at God will continue to shake their fist at God or begin to listen to new voices. But you be encouraged in the hope for the nations. It isn't about this country being in power or this party being in power or this person being in authority. It, it, it's about... The baby born in a manger, which we don't have here yet. But we will, because it's worth celebrating. And it's about that, that baby that eventually goes to the cross. We don't have, well, we do have that here. But it's about the resurrected Christ sitting at the right hand of the Father. See, I believe the coronation the Father talked about. This day I have begotten you. You are my son. Ask of me and I'll give you the nations. I believe that day that he was prophesying over and treating as if it was already current, which it now is, was the day Jesus Christ was resurrected and sat down at the right hand of the Father of God. And he make, ever makes intercession for us. And his first prayer was, Father, give me the nations. And he's getting them. No, no, no. He's getting them. He's getting the nations. The kingdoms of this world are becoming the kingdoms of our Lord and Savior. Don't go by what you see. Don't go by what you understand. Go by what you know. You and I serve the hope of the nations. Let's stand together in His presence. Oh, Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you've got a plan. In fact, you've had a plan for a long time. We thank you that you set it in motion thousands, literally, thousands of years ago. And we thank you that you appointed that we, the people gathered in this room, we, the people watching online, we, the people who hear sometime, somewhere this message, we were privileged enough to live in this time and in this season, in these last days. To be a representative of the hope of the nations. To do our part. To represent him as best we can. To go into all the nations and preach the gospel. Making disciples. In the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. For your master plan.
And thank you for the privilege of involving us. As we go from here, let's go with a confidence in that name that's above every other name. On earth, above the earth, and under the earth. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.